Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am joined by a slightly poorly Tilly Tots. Hello, pop people. Are you feeling any better? Slightly poorly? <laughs> slightly poorly. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a bit better. I've just been a bit under the weather. Man flu. You know how it goes. Oh, dear. But I can't miss a podcast. No, you can't miss it. So you came off your deathbed. <laughs> yeah. You pulled yourself away from the uh, Chipotle documentary. That I watched. And I've been listening to my first ever audiobook. Really? Yeah. Which, which, which one? The Martian. Which is being turned into a film with Ridley Scott and Matt Damon. Who's the narrator? Anyone famous? No, a guy that does it for a living. Oh. He's won awards. He's very good. It, yeah. he, he does accents. Is it Stuart Reed? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's the end of that story. Uh, why did you go for the audio book rather than the, the actual book itself? Because I heard the book was very science heavy. Right. And I thought I might enjoy it more listening <laughs> I want that. to it all. than I thought I might get quite bored or bogged down reading all right. the sciencey stuff. I thought it might be easier to process listening to it. And it has actually worked that way. Okay. It's very dense. It's all about science. Right. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how they turn it into like an exciting sci-fi movie. Xenobiology. There you go. That's the term. And Daniel Kruper. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you very we much. We haven't podcasted together for, for ages. A long, long time. We've got too many people, too many combinations. Yeah. Who are going to verse off the podcast? <laughs> Maybe oh, we no. should do it like I'm a celebrity or something like that. Oh, I no. want to be on the podcast, save me. Don't let people write and say why they like us and why they don't like us. That would just be miserable reading. Well, why did you even suggest that? Oh, no, don't do that. If, if you want Tilly to be on uh, next week's <laughs> podcast, then write in and tell us why he deserves a place. <laughs> Ring this number. Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback. <laughs> Uh, apart from being poorly, what, have, what else have you been up to, Chris? God, I can't speak. God, today. I haven't even thought. Go, come back to me. Let me think about what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, um, All right, I'll tell you what I've been up to. What have you been yeah. up to? What have you been doing? Uh, I've been doing some painting back at home. <laughs> oh, God. I went to White Hart Lane. Oof. How was that? God, it's pretty grim around it's not, there. It's not great. No, no the ground's okay. But, but it's scary. Of course, scary. I would say yeah. I've only ever, well, I've been there twice. I went there to see right. an England game. A long time ago, because yeah. they haven't played there for a long time. Uh, and then um, it wasn't an NFL, but it was an American football game with whoever, is it mm. London, the, the London Headbutters or whatever they're called, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, no, it was called. London <laughs> Monarchs. I think you're right, yeah. <laughs> back in the day, back <laughs> in the day, it was yeah. London Monarchs. Yeah. Glasgow Headbutters. But I thought the, um, oh, what do you call them? The people that win the fluorescent c- coats. Stewards. The stewards are very friendly there. Right. Friendly stewards have come across. Uh, I heard that uh, the Spurs fans were very, very quiet. Yeah. That, that's, that's, f- that's from a Spurs fan. Oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Right. I tweeted, that I was asking if they were doing a sponsored silence. <laughs> it was bizarre. They didn't say a word the whole game. Wow. And we sang for the night. Our, our fans have been very good the last couple of years. Palace fans, that is, if you don't yeah. know who I'm talking about. Yes. The, the best fans I've ever had the pleasure of kind of sharing a ground with were Portsmouth fans. Really? Um, yeah, they were like oh, I forget what game it was, whether it was FA Cup or Premier League. They were like five nil down, yeah. and they were singing their hearts out because I was like next to the away fans, yeah. and all you could do was just like fair play, like you know, get into it, yeah. like, you know, you're going to walk away, you've lost, and you've they got- do that famous chant, don't they? 
play on Pompey. Yeah. Pompey, play on. So Rich Bear Park is a, is he, a Pompey I band. can see him through the window. He, he was, yeah, he, that's why I was laughing. He's Pompey! celebrating. <laughs> uh, he, I, he, I heard the name of the place where I was born. <laughs> <laughs> he actually never misses a game. He loves, he bloody he loves oh, football. What about yeah. the Saints though, Rich? Oh, he, loves the, he loves the Saints. <laughs> uh, sorry, when did this turn into the football <laughs> ramble? <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> How did it turn into? Oh, because I, I said I've been to White Hart I said that I've been painting walls. And you said that you've been to White Hart Two very similar things. And I'm I'm busting through Arrow and Agents of Shield. So where are you at with <clears throat> Arrow? I'm coming up to the. I'm, I think I'm on the penultimate episode of the first season. Oh, so you've still got some way to go. I have. Are you on the first season of Marvel? Yes, and I'm only halfway through the first Good. season. Right. I've got a lot Ma- of catching making up the, to do. Making yeah. the most of that Amazon Prime subscription, eh, Chris? Uh, that's on Netflix. I'm watching that. Okay. And then on, Amazon, on Prime, Amazon Prime, I'm watching Constantine. I want to be, for early in the year, I want to be up to date so on all the superhero shows. Mm. Yeah, are you going to watch There's the Flash a lot of them? Because I think we can yeah. do some superhero shows. I think we it. probably should be watching them, to be I've honest. I've watched yeah. them all. <laughs> but, the, but, don't so many, but how can you fit it all in, in there? But how can you fit it? It's taking on so Monday, long. On my day off. I'm up to speed with Gotham as well. Yeah. And which one's the best? What, out <clears> of Arrow, Flash, Gotham and yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D.? You've well, watched S.H.I.E.L.D. as well? Uh, I've watched the first season. I haven't watched any of the second yet. It's good. Uh, it gets shield gets better. Yeah, like the first beginning season is really good. Is it right? Okay, well, that's my next thing up. So Gotham is definitely the worst. It yep. gets better as it goes on, but it's still not a patch on. I like Arrow and Flash for two different reasons. Um, the crossover episodes are really good, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, but as I've said before, Flash is just kind of light-hearted, a bit like Amazing Spider-Man, guy enjoying his powers. Arrow is a lot kind of darker yeah so they complement each other quite well but they're both really really good prefer arrow slightly only because i've spent more time with it Oliver. uh and seen you know because i was thinking about it like there's no really there's no real happy endings in that kind of tv show no. not at all like <laughs> i was watching it because i've watched the first episode a couple of times so i started re-watching it because yeah. i wanted to get back into it yeah the first episode like breaks someone's neck yeah because well, you see him it's like whoa yeah you know he kills wasn't a lot of people in this yeah he kills a lot of people. Yeah. So it's kind of weird watching, because I was watching this season of Flash and Arrow together, and seeing how the two are... And they are completely different. Oh, interesting. Um, in terms of the way they approach... Well, what, you know, one has got a proper superpower, the other guy's got a bow. Yeah. A six-pack. Which sounds a bit rubbish. Six-pack. But yeah, the way that... Any, I, I went, the, the way that... So the, uh, the crossover was done one episode from the Flash's point of view and one episode from Arrow's point of view. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was really well done. Could we do a podcast superhero show crossover episode? Uh, how would that work? I don't know. It's just it's just a thought. But you're on both. You're on both. Yeah, we need another show. I'm sometimes on this. Well, I've rarely been. You'd never invite me on. You've been on twice. You've been on twice. Oh wow! Out of how many episodes? Um, Forty-five. Yeah, thanks a lot. We, we didn't get a huge amount of positive feedback though. So <laughs> yeah, yeah the only person that's actually off. bothered to watch any superhero <laughs> TV shows. <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> moving on. This oh, the claws are off. New, news. <laughs> Meow. This week's news. Um, the creeper. You're up. Yeah. First. So there's loads and loads of stuff that came out over the weekend at PlayStation Experience in Vegas, which is. Um, celebrate 20 years of PlayStation. Although during the conference, they kind of imply that it's going to be an annual yeah. experience, an yeah. annual event, which makes sense. It's basically they've got their own platform to make their own announcements every single year in front of a captive audience that love PlayStation. So they used to do, um, in Japan, they used to do, well, they used to do Nintendo World, yeah. which was called Space World, if I remember rightly. 
Um, and then they used to do a PlayStation experience, which I think was in April, because that's when that was the last time I went over to um, Japan. So April, God, two thousand or something like that. So a long time ago. So it's interesting that they're resurrecting it yeah. and making it a pretty big deal. Yeah, and a lot of people I know who went over the weekend said that it was their favorite event of the year. So much like positivity and just people who. They made some great announcements. They held a lot of stuff back. A yeah. lot of people there are obviously PlayStation fans, so mm. you're kind of preaching to the choir. Because it, it was so public, really or there was an element of community or public. Community, there. yeah, you can yeah. buy tickets and go right. along and make your own way there. Kind of more like a Comic-Con kind of experience, open to the public if you want to be a part of it. Yeah. I gendered a panel there, even Beyond had its own panel. So there was like a community stage, there was different areas, you'd go around playing all the games. If you went around and played all the games, after you damn it, say you played... I don't know, um, Until Dawn. Yeah. You got an Until Dawn playing card. Ah. And if you do every demo there, you walk away with a limited edition pack of PlayStation cards. What, 52? 52 cards. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and you have to go around collecting them. Right. And there was only like, I don't know, X amount of them made. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Rich Bear Park is like that for the magic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've been really selective and just picked <clears throat> the two biggest stories. Because I started yeah. watching it on Saturday night at six o'clock. I said to my girlfriend, oh, let's watch this. It won't be long. It was on for two hours, 20 minutes. No, it, was, it was long. I was kind of following it on the live blog. And I was like, yeah. Last Guardian? Last, oh, no, Last Guardian. Yeah, so I'll start off with the news that unfortunately leaked towards the end of last week, which is PlayStation 4. Well, you say leaks, Capcom put it on their official YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, so kind so of an official it's leak. It's their own fault. Ubisoft-style leak. Um, Street Fighter Five is a PlayStation 4 and PC exclusive. And cross-platform play between both. Yeah, which is amazing. Ooh. And also, it's, it was a real big franchise aligning with one console. And they talked yeah. a little bit more about this, because back in Gamescom, um, Xbox at their press conference announced that Rise of the Tomb Raider was going to be an Xbox exclusive. Mm. And then it kind of trickled out of the, in the subsequent hours that it was a timed exclusive, and it would be available on PlayStation 4. We still don't know when, six months later, a year later, yeah, whatever. Yeah. They said on the, in the press conference, Yoshiona was there very unambiguously. Said PlayStation Four is the only console you'll ever see Street Fighter Five on, which is pretty. It's a pretty big statement, mm. and it almost sounded like they've been developing Unless PlayStation Five like Street Fighter Ultra HD. Yeah, remix, no, that's blah, the loophole. Blah, blah. That's the loophole. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, also on a side note, Ultra Street Fighter 4 is coming to PlayStation 4 as well at the beginning of next year. So it's going to get a big fighting game. Mm -hmm. It's already got Injustice, but now it's going to get the heavyweight yeah, yeah, Street yeah. Fighter. You know, and I think a lot of people, if they've not yet bought a console, next-gen console, and they're a big fighting game fan, that's a powerful, mm. you know. I know Xbox One's got Killer Instinct, but... Well, yeah, one of them, <laughs> I wasn't really thinking of yeah. that. But I just, you know, obviously... The, the fighting market, you know, we, we talk a lot about the PlayStation memories in the, the feedback later on. But the fighting market used to be the driver for the original, like, PlayStation, Tekken, Saturn, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Virtual Fight, all that kind of stuff. And now it's kind it's of... It's having a renaissance. Got, it has, but it's still, it's, I would say, it's super core cool now. Yeah. I'm not sure you would buy, well, I certainly wouldn't buy a console based on that. Love Street Fighter. I'm just not very good at it. Yeah. I think a lot of the people who are really in Street Fighter, obviously... Street Fighter 4 is the one that they still play all the yeah, time. Yeah. The fact that that's making the leap, that yeah. might be just as persuasive as the idea of Street Fighter 5 maybe coming out one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a cool bit of news. The other one was, and this is what opened the press conference, was 
Bruce Straley took the stage, picked up DualShock 4 and played Uncharted 4 for the first time. And you got to see about 15, 16 he died. minutes. He died. He accidentally... <laughs> so this guy who's the technical director yeah. on the game, he was playing it and I felt a bit bad for him. He, um, instead of pressing jump, he like, let go of a ledge. And he fell and through, it, fell it through, fell through the world. And the game glitched. <laughs> he fell through like the bottom of the world. Like live streaming to the oh, world. Oh no. But as soon as that happened, games of next I actually Brilliant. quite enjoyed that because it yeah. proved that he was playing it live. Yeah, it's true. And yeah. it wasn't yeah. just like smoke and mirrors he was yeah. actually playing it yeah so it showed drake a little bit older a lot of, lot of talk about drake's bum as well being well, a little bit fuller that's what happens when you get older i guess do you, do you like that i wouldn't say my bum's fuller filling yeah, out mine, mine is, is it? i get a love handle what's it full of let's not go there collagen let's not go there <laughs> right <laughs> i don't want to um, get into and your dark below and it's a bit more like um drake's fortune the original back on a tropical island yeah some new so bits and pretty. pieces. He's got a grappling hook. It looks to me what they're trying to do is Uncharted is really known for its big, spectacular set pieces where yeah. everything's blowing up and you're sliding down roofs, etc. And it looks like they're creating these little sandbox environments where you can put together your own cool action sequences mm. on the fly. So you, there's one bit where he jumps down a mudslide and he's shooting as he's sliding down it and then he jumps off and uses his grapple hook to yeah. swing around the corner. And that's not on rails. That's you yeah. doing it. So it's yeah. like create your own action set piece, yeah, which yeah. is really but, cool. But, but I wonder what the alternative to that is. Because obviously as he's sliding down, then you get the grapple logo. And then you grapple. And then presumably that makes him swing around automatically. And then is it... Oh, yeah, that's a just, little bit. Are the they masking it up as a... Well, like, no, because you a, don't have to slide down that bit. No, you, you don't. You can jump across and not use it. So it's yeah. like if yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you will know what this will create. Yeah. But it's there if you want to use still, it. Because you're playing quite stealthy as well. Masked, is it? I think I know it's more interactive than that. Because right. oh, you're initiating it more. It's not like obligatory. Yeah, but if you didn't press the button at the right point, then presumably you just fall die. off the mudslide yeah. and die. Yeah, probably. Or, you know, if the, or the, I guess, you know, if you're swinging around and you don't hit the punch button at the right time, you'll just land next to him. And you're yeah, because like, oh. he also showed like a bit of more stealth gameplay the enemies yeah, yeah, look yeah. quite intelligent they look very smart actually yeah look really and, like good. lots of them very combat heavy actually when he was um, fighting like the um, like fisty cuff stuff yeah. it looks so good like so very the animations fisty cuffs. <laughs> is it when he goes like this and when he takes it like a Victorian fighter yes. and he, he puts on his leotard do you not see that bit didn't know uh, his brother's I, in it Nathan Drake's brother and he's played Force by Troy, Troy Baker he's in everything Troy Baker is everything. So this year, he well, he's obviously Joel. Yeah. He was Booker in Bioshock Infinite last yeah. year. He was Batman in Batman Lego. Yeah. Well, he's the Joker next, in Arkham Origins. Next he's, year, he's in, obviously, he's in Uncharted. He's in um, Metal Gear. Oh, my God. That boy's in a lot of games. Well, no, Did he pull it off? He's a good-looking man, though. Yeah, he's a good-looking man as well. Him. It's wasted. Oh, I just I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> so in the Ultimate TV se- Spider-Man TV series, there's also Loki. He's he's and he's Hawkeye. There you go. He's oh, of course he's Pagan Min in Far Cry Four. Of course, very good in that. He, he was the main character in Call of Duty this year. He was, was in he? Skylanders. He's the main character in Middle Earth: Shadows of Mordor. He was in Infamous. He, he's kind of this generation's Nolan North, but now he's with playing alongside last generation's Nolan North. It's, a, other- it's like heat. It's, it's De Niro and Pacino meeting in heat. That's what it is. The other voice exactly actors must be a bit annoyed, though. There's oh, no gigs left. There is nothing left. They're left to get in the movies, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else from PlayStation Experience? Lots and bits and bobs, but I think those are the two main key mm. things. Those are really big headliner things. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I think the idea of having a, a kind of a, event that's kind of format exclusive 
is exciting. Yeah. Um, especially if you've got that much support in terms of, like if you can hold back those kind of reveals, absolutely. Mm. Cool, uh, last week we had, was it last week? Yeah, it was last was, week. Yeah. Sorry, I've, I've lost my bearings. Uh, we had the reveal of the new Terminator trailer, Terminator Genesis. Mm. Uh, what did you guys think? Mm. Mm. Didn't really feel much like a Terminator film to me. It just looked like a blockbuster movie with lots of explosions. I was re-watching it again this morning, and I, it's all a bit confusing, really. It's really right. confusing. It's confusing having new actors play old characters, like and then the same actor play an old character. Yeah. That's weird to me. Yeah. Like, it, men- it makes it men- like, just messy. I mean, I don't think you should make a Terminator film without Schwarzenegger, but then by recasting all the other people... And him still being the same guy, it's that's it's just my head's finding it hard to and, compute. And there's, and there's like there's like three different Arnold Schwarzeneggers in that trailer. Yeah. There's young yeah. his young self. Yeah. I think there's a modern robot, and then there's him with grey hair at the end. Yeah. yeah. That's jumping into the. Have you seen the meme though, where he jumps into the chopper? He's like, oh, he got to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, how have they done like young Arnie in that? CG, isn't yeah, it? it's is that, all, is all that, CG. Looks pretty convincing. They had that in they Salvation. Did, I was going to say, yeah, it was in the last oh, one. They, they, uh, I fell asleep during that. <laughs> that was a terrible film. Well, interestingly, uh, Chris, Christian Bell was was asked about this one and whether he was asked to get involved and how Salvation went, and he kind of uh, he just punched the <laughs> <into> <laughs> <in> the <face. laughs> He uh, he said, uh, "Salvation didn't work for us. It was a shame, but everything was against us. I knew that we gave it a shot. It didn't work." I know the reasons for that. Wisdom is sometimes knowing when you just need to walk away. You know, I wish the them the best. I hope it does work. It's quite guarded. Like, was it on the set of Terminator yeah, when he had that meltdown? It, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that should have been the, <laughs> That's yeah, the reason. Right. So he stood in his eyeline. <laughs> but equally, like, it just felt like a lot of things I'd seen before and it yeah. didn't look any better. Like, you know, the cop. The T-1000. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's exactly not even, the same. Yeah, except I, maybe not as interesting looking as Robert Patrick. Yeah. But he lopped off his his arm and then used his yeah, yeah, yeah. Threw it in the javelin when yeah, it's, just, it's just a slight variation isn't it it doesn't yeah. seem like it's 20 years on and, it and looked like um, a selection box of the greatest hits yeah so it's, it's a weird thing so it, it seems like it's drawing on the history of Terminator so all the greatest hits T-1000 T-800 time travel Carl Reese all that stuff yeah it's putting it together in a way that it won't appeal to anyone who likes that old stuff because yeah. it seems disrespectful. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you like all this stuff? Yeah, but we're just going to slam it together. Oh, I don't like that. So yeah. it's no, there's none of the sensitivity <clears throat> or respect for the people who actually like that stuff. And, and the story felt like it had a beginning, a middle and an end with, with one and two. And three was okay. Three was like a fun little... Uh, whatever it was a throwaway I, movie well, like the only thing minor. I can remember is him with the coffin yeah that's the only it had a good thing end, about it had a really good ending film Terminator 3 but it's it's you know regardless it was those two movies told the story yeah. and this just seems to be going back yet again to just mess it all up and yeah I think Salvation yeah. at least had a niche where tell the story of John Connor in the future yeah. and had a certain focus to yeah. it like that could have been it's a good not a bad idea but then, you know, they've done other things like Sarah Connor Chronicles, and now this just seems like all over the shop. Yeah. yeah. Sarah Connor Chron- Chronicles. No, no, that, not, that is good. <laughs> it's easy for you two Sorry. to say. <laughs> no, I know that's very well thought of. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, but it's all, it, it's, it is all right. There's just been a lot more Terminator in the world now. Yeah. Just yeah. Th- th- There's nothing coming out of this film that's that's giving me good feelings because there no. was the, the title change, yep. which is super annoying. It's just annoying, that title. What was the original title? Was it just Terminator? It was Genesis, it was just but Genesis. spelled correctly. Right. Yeah. 
And then there was the magazine covers the, the, with them all the shouting. Awful. I mean, really, I was thinking about <laughs> that. So, like, who said? Like, surely someone a, a, along the way, from a magazine Rotten. editor to yeah. the studio to the actors, must have said, "This is ridiculous that yeah. we're all going yeah. on, a, on a magazine cover." Yeah. And now this trailer just—it just feels like it's a disaster. You see all this conspiracy happened? stuff on the internet about how it looks like it's shot in the Top Gear studio. <laughs> in that yeah. bit where John Connor is addressing them, it looks like he's in the Top Gear studio. <laughs> yeah, does, yeah. But then also, you know, looking backwards to those Entertainment Weekly pictures, it looks like they're on the Top Gear track. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's a good conspiracy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're just—I don't know what to say really. I hope it's okay. I hope it's good, but. I'm getting a bad feeling about it. No, me this. too. Well, uh, listeners, if you've watched the uh, trailer and you like it, let us know what you think. Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback, IGN.com. Uh, another big thing that happened over the weekend was obviously the Game Awards. Um, and then, like, I found this quite surprising, but Nintendo used a platform yeah. other than a Nintendo Direct or something to show more of the game. And it was Zelda Wii U, which is obviously one of the kind of biggest games for them next year. But it wasn't shown on the Direct. Anyway, so Miyamoto... And some other bloke sat down there and... Um, I can't remember, what's his name? Anuma. Thank you. Uh, showed off about five minutes of yeah. Zelda Wii U. Yeah, and some of the core showing, features. Like, yeah, showing the gameplay. So you sh- they showed the open world and how, you know, as far as you can see, you can, you can make your way there. Um, and I thought it looked pretty pretty. Well, there was another character, another character confirmed for the new Zelda. Ipona! <laughs> that's a horse. <laughs> if you didn't know that. Or a pony. Do you have to say the name like uh, that? Yeah, that's, you how, that's, how you call, that's how you call her in the game. Oh, Apana! Caught our listeners off guard there. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for that. Uh, so they didn't really give away that much. No. But you can, you, like if you go past the tree and it's got an apple on it, you can eat the apple. It looks very pretty. And it does look pretty. The grass looks nice. Different kind of grass compared to uh, Uncharted. Yeah, you're seeing some pretty nice, nice foliage, foliage yeah, some, You're really seeing the next <laughs> gen the, difference the next in the gen foliage. It's all about the foliage. Next time you walk past this tree, my apple might be growing. Yeah, I'm going to eat that. <laughs> oh, it's sour. Holy <laughs> tummy. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. It's anymore. basically a game where you go scrumpying. <laughs> <laughs> it's mainly scrumping. That's the major mechanic. But there's other horses uh, other than the Pona. <laughs> also, what's good about Pona is she won't let you run into a tree because real horses don't run into trees. <laughs> it's a very good point. <laughs> it's a really good point. I must admit, I've never ridden a horse. I've ridden a camel, but never a horse. You, you ride, you know, there are video games where you can, you know, you have to mine the trees. I didn't bump into a palm, it's like palm tree a, or A real horse won't run into a tree. No, no. it does a Pona. No. I did like the mechanic where you jump off your horse and everything slows down. Yeah. You can, like, use your bow and arrow. Yeah, so that's yeah, because like it's almost like opponents on auto drive. Yeah, so you can do a lot more with the kind of bow and arrow and things like yeah. that. So, but again, as a little taster, I thought it looked very nice. I indeed. wonder if they did it just to get like you know just to mix it with the big boys because they knew a lot of they are a big boy obviously, but yeah. just they usually do their own thing, their own separate thing. Yeah. Everyone's making big announcements. It's almost I don't know flexing that's the a muscles. Hell of a coup. Hey Zelda, there you go. That's a hell of a coup for the game awards yeah, though, yeah. to get that exclusively. It's like. Big, big stuff. Do you know what else is big? Bada, ba. Bomb twenty four. Yeah. AKA Spectre. All in caps. Spelt in caps. <laughs> do not, do not spell it without a cap. Is that right? We've been told. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Sony. Uh, Sony What's actually emailed for? us to tell us. Oh. Uh, Dan, look at it's actually almost impossible to remember because yeah, it's, it's so like, ridiculous. It's like a shield one, isn't it? Special it's like, enforcement. 
it's so it's so shoehorned these words together yeah, to make right. the words well, it's like the first episode of shield the one that joss whedon actually wrote it's like what does it stand for and he goes oh what, do you, what does it stand for well it sounds like someone really wanted our initials to spell shield <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Spectre is Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, terrorism Revenge and Extortion. Re- see, revenge, yeah. terrorism, <laughs> extortion and revenge. Is revenge a crime? It's also getting, getting really petty. And, and extortion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they announced the, the film title. They announced the cast. We got a little bit of a plot. Um, I, I didn't know I was doing this one, so I didn't print anything out. Lost- <laughs> um, <laughs> You've had a conversation on that. We have, yeah. We talked about it quite a lot. There's um, lots of bits and bobs as well. Yeah, I mean, it, New car? It, it's just funny. I wasn't at this launch. I, I was at the launch two films ago, and I think this one went better when they uncovered the title because when I was there, um, you know, whenever it was six years ago, uh, it was uh, uh, Quantum, Quantum Solids Solid. got announced, and you could just hear a pin drop in the room. And then you could hear just everyone getting their phones out to Google Quantum of Solid because no one knew what it meant. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Um, so I think Spectre is a really good title. And obviously it yeah. means that, that Spectre is going to be coming back because they weren't allowed to use the organisation because of a court case, because someone else owned the rights. You know, the, the, the weird stuff that happened when yeah, Never yeah, Say yeah. Never Again got yeah. made. That was settled uh, last year. And so they can now bring Spectre back into the Bond universe. Yeah. So it's quite nice the way with Daniel Craig, they've slowly but surely brought all the old elements back yeah, because as they've gone the, along. Because Quantum quantum was kind of the makeshift specter yeah because they were setting up this kind of in casino royale and quantum of solace this nefarious shadowy organization behind um official government yeah. pulling the strings and stuff like that there's the mr white character who's yeah, 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 yeah. associated with them the chief was kind of associated with them dominic whatever he's called in quantum of solace yeah. was so now it feels like they can give it a legitimate name. Although I saw Sam Mendes says Spectre might not mean exactly what you're expecting. It and to isn't mean. Mr. What Mr. White's going to be in this? Yeah, one, he's going to be in it as well. But yeah, so we've got our villain as well. It's Christoph Waltz. Uh, it was notable that Sam Mendes didn't say his character name, although they've given us his character name, mm. and it's not Blofeld. No, it's a character that's briefly shown up in the books and was like kind of a mentor to, to Bond. Or something yeah. Like yeah. And so there's a question about whether it's this same mentor who taught him to ski. Or whether it's his son, sorry, of yeah. <laughs> all of his skills. <laughs> well, I think there's going to be skiing in this yeah. one. They're shooting all around Austria, so I think we're going to get a big skiing action, which sequence. is very yeah, yeah traditional yeah. old school. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's going to be cool. Uh, isn't it? But the rumours, of course, are that Waltz is playing Blofeld. Yeah, uh, we've got um, Dave Batista's in it, which we're really excited it's about because we love him. Uh, <laughs> Hinks. Is it Hinks? Jinx. Jinx was Halle Berry, I think. Oh yeah, it was. Because I, I thought yeah, that's no, weird. No, they're yeah, so yeah. similar. He's you're Mr. Right, Hinks. Right. So uh, looking to be henchman, a proper yeah. hardcore henchman. We've yeah. not had one of them for a while. Yeah. He has very interesting fa- facial hair. He's grown. He's like he's grown this unique beard. So there you go. Insight. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Andrew Scott's in it. Yeah. Who is working for our, our MI6? You know Andrew Scott. No. A.K. Moriarty from Sherlock. Oh yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. I remember seeing the cast lineup. Yeah. I just. Yeah. And so we're all. So everyone's saying, "Oh, he must be. He must be a baddie. You know, yeah. he must be on." But it's only because he plays Moriarty. He's great as Moriarty, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's way over the top, but yeah, it works. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And then we got our new Bond girls. Yeah. Uh, Bond ladies. What's her name? Monica Bellucci. Yeah. What can? Yeah, Monica uh, Bellucci, who's the eldest ever Bond yeah. Bond girl at fifty. Looking cracking though. I don't know who the other girl is. Uh, she's the girl from um, Blue is the Warmest Colour, which was a uh, big hit this year. Uh, she's been in lots of bits and pieces, but I forget her name. She's a French actress. Mm. Begins with an L. 
Um, <laughs> I should have prepped more. Uh, so yeah, and the car, a DB10. Yeah, DB10. Yep, looks kind of like a DB9, but a bit kind of curvier. Yeah, so they're keeping it keeping it classic. Obviously, all the yeah. old people are returning. So we've got M, the new M. We've got Money Penny. Yeah, uh, Q. So yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for it. When's it coming out? Uh, next October. So it's, so just, it's, it's a really they, tight turnaround. They just turn started shooting, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they started shooting the on Monday. Yeah, yeah, at Pinewood. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, tight turnaround, but I'm 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 jazzed for this one. There's some big films coming out uh, next Christmas. Yeah, With just all of next year. Yeah, like Avengers. Yeah. Well, it's it's big to get a billion dollar movie in a year, and next year there could be four of them. I think. What are you for? I think um, Star Wars, Avengers, Avengers. Bond, Jurassic and World? potentially Jurassic World. Yeah. 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 Depending on word of mouth. Um, she's called Leia Sidhu. She's mm. playing Madeline Swan. Madeline Swan. There you go. Cool. Exciting times for Bond. Exciting fans. times indeed. So uh, the talking point this week was uh, it's off the back of the Street Fighter news, and uh, obviously it's exclusive to PlayStation. Uh, and then Microsoft came out this week uh, and clarified around Tomb Raider, saying that they're actually publishing the Rise of the Tomb Raider. So yeah, there was talk about it being a timed exclusive, but if they're becoming publishers, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I guess you know. Um, uh, Square could still do a Game of the Year edition on, on PlayStation. But I think it raises the question, uh, and also with, with you know movies, you don't mm. really see it exclusive to kind of particular formats. But who is actually good for exclusivity? I guess it's good for PlayStation with Street Fighter, but then it's not good for PlayStation because they haven't got Tomb Raider. And ultimately, you, the thing with the audience is that unless you're going to buy both consoles, you can't buy everything. And I think that's a bit of a shame. Like, I can't. Did it actually happen with like Blu-ray and HD DVD? Were, were certain films exclusive to certain Jeez, formats? Not that I can remember. Um, but back in the days with with the, with the old consoles, though, you'd, you'd have to have a Sega and a Nintendo to get all the games you wanted. Well, you get first-party exclusives, so mm. games that are made by Nintendo, yeah. games that are made by Sony. That's never going to change, but it's it's the kind of third-party developers who have traditionally developed... Well, for them, it's about getting their game on as many different mm. formats as possible because the, the greater the exposure, the more money. But now the trade-off is becoming like Sony or Microsoft has given them a ton of cash saying, we'll give you this money to make up for the sales you would have had on the other format but you want to make it exclusive to one platform. And it's just the security of having that guaranteed mm. dosh that yeah. they're committing to it. Because, yeah. you know, doing a game is a risky venture. Yeah. It might not take exactly what you hope, but if you get someone like Sony saying, you've got this guaranteed in the yeah, bank, yeah, yeah. it's very hard to turn that down and take the risk that it might bomb. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think Tomb Raider is a big game. Uh, Street Fighter is a big game, but you know where next? Like, would you ever? S- I can't imagine it happening. But like something like Rockstar and GTA, if that was exclusive to a platform, that in my eyes is a true system seller. I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that people will go and buy a brand new console just to play Street Fighter or just to play Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Um, what if FIFA went with one system and PES went with another? Yeah. Well, actually, on the spectrum, there's. Yeah, I think it's a bit. That's a bit unfair because FIFA is the kind of the all dominant powerhouse but you already like the ultimate uh, FIFA experience is on Xbox because mm. you get all of the legend stuff and all yeah. this additional bits and pieces well, but it's not exclusive there's a spectrum isn't there that exists there's a spectrum of exclusivity because yeah. the word exclusive you know working in media and stuff you, you know that word means lots of different things or, or like nothing yeah, yeah it means nothing there's things yeah. that are real exclusives there are things that are kind of disingenuous exclusive mm. um so on the spectrum you on one end of the scale you've got something that is absolutely exclusive and that's why it sounds like 
Street Fighter Five is on PS4. Yeah. Yes, it's on PC, but in terms of console exclusivity. Yeah. Mm. And then you've got things where you get like additional missions. So yeah. Arkham Knight, the new Batman game, you get Scarecrow missions. Yeah. And that's exclusive on PS4. But at the same time, it's like a little bit extra. It's maybe just a sweetener that yeah. if you're a PlayStation fan and you're a Batman fan, hey, we're going to give you a little bit extra. It creates yeah, yeah. loyalty maybe to PlayStation. It ticks some of your boxes. <coughs> but I don't think that matters. It's like if you're an Xbox owner, you're still going to get Arkham Knight. Yeah. I don't. And cause it's the same with Far Cry. I'm playing that. Uh, that's that's got bonus stuff on PS4, but I couldn't tell you what the heck it is. I think it's like a few guns right. and the keys to crack if you want to let your friends play right, with you. Right, but right, right, right. right. A lot of that stuff, the, the kind of extra stuff, unless you're like really obsessed about a game and you just love it and you need everything in that game. To me, that would never really sway me one yeah. way or the other. It's the core experience and the people making the game. If they're choosing to go with both platforms, they're not going to make you have that much less of an experience because no. that just hurts them in the long run. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. if they cut out a big section of Assassin's Creed, you might not buy the next Assassin's well, it'd Creed. Be like, it'd be like, I don't know, somebody sells a book and if you buy the digital edition, you get all the chapters. If you buy the paperback, like the last chapter's missing or something yeah. like that. Mm. It's just, it would never happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, so it's always a kind of a, a secondary additional content. But I think, you know, with this move, with some bigger games now being signed to specific platforms, you know, I do think it's going to be a trend that we see more of. But I'm just not necessarily sure it's a particularly good thing. Yeah, cause so, the, so there's exclusive exclusivity for buy, like to buy that you can buy an exclusive, and then there's the other type of exclusive, which is first party exclusive. Yeah, which is it's a different thing. Like, so if you look at Nintendo exclusivity, that's literally because they're making their own games yeah. and they know their platform. Yeah, and it's actually results in great games. I think that's less kind of there's less to critique about that. Yeah. Because if they were working across Xbox and PlayStation, there's an argument to be made their games wouldn't be as good. Yeah. Because you're developing for all these different systems, trying to keep everyone happy. Yeah. They have such a tight... It's like that Apple setup. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. they know their hardware, they know their software, yeah. and they can make the two blend perfectly. Well, I guess it's been happening for a while, because if you look at, like, Rare, obviously, used to do all the games on Nintendo, and then Microsoft bought them. And that's effectively doing the same thing. You're buying that exclusivity, but rather than buying the product, you're buying the people that made the product, and it's like, actually, you can only make games for us now. Um, what, what would be the one kind of game that would make you go and buy a console? What's the kind of game changer for you that you just think, actually, if you didn't have both already? Um, I think Nintendo stuff. Is it? Like, there's no other reason for me to own a Wii U. Yeah. And it's simply because Nintendo make incredible games and there's, you can't play them anywhere else. That's yeah. it. Like, Even if I only play Mario Kart, um, 3D Mario World, yeah. and Zelda on my Wii U, yeah. yes, it's a lot of money, but I bought mine right at the beginning. But even like you could get at the tail end of its cycle for like 150 quid with all yeah. those games. That's what That would make me buy a Wii U. Yeah. I think you get into that point with the Wii U. I mean, we've seen it in comments and feedback we get into the podcast. People are going out and buying them. I've seen it on my Facebook feed of my friends are buying Wii U's because yeah. it got to the point where the price has dipped enough and there's now enough games. It's hit a tipping point where I, it's like, wow, we can get all this good stuff. Yeah. No, you I, smashed, I, I completely get, agree. Yeah. Like this time last year, it didn't have quite enough to make you go and get it. But again, so little of that is actual third party apart from Bayonetta. Yeah. That's kind of the only one that really sticks in my mind is the kind of That's biggest. exclusive as well. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, but, yeah. but that's yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, as a non-first-party yeah, yeah, yeah. developer. Right, yeah, yeah, what, what about you, Alex? What game? Um, well, there, there are many, obviously. Like In terms of franchises, Metal Gear, 
um, because that that it wasn't a traditionally a, a PlayStation exclusive, mm. but it was the only console you got it on uh, initially, and then you know it came out on Xbox later as like substance different versions, um, and Metal Gear's kind of always aligned with Sony, um, but if it was only available on Sony, that would be definitely a, a selling point for me. GTA, yeah. Those are kind of my two, probably you know, lots of other games that I like. Sure. But those as third-party games, um, I would go for those. Interesting. Yeah. What about you, listeners? Do let us know mm. uh, what your thoughts are on exclusive. Do you think it's a good thing or do you think it's a bad thing? Let us know why and uh, what the games that you would like to, uh, well, that would make you go and buy a game, a, a console just for that. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Feedback. Uh, I've got the first piece of feedback, and it's from Alex Burrow. So we got loads of feedback. Last week we discussed it's uh, 20th anniversary of PlayStation. We shared some of our PlayStation memories, so we've got a lot of feedback around that. Uh, Alex Burrow says his best memory has to be as a five-year-old him breaking a controller over those weird egg-holding things in the first Spyro in 2003. Now, I hated Spyro, so I don't know what he's talking about in terms of weird egg-holding thing. <laughs> Um, but apparently uh, he went through it all again when he bought, um, uh, bought the same game on Vita uh, last year. Nice to re- reminisce. <laughs> nice to eggs. know that you just keep on going back and hating stuff. Uh, Elliot Rogers, a uh, friend of the podcast, says, uh, I remember opening a PlayStation 1 for Christmas. The first game I got was Crash Bandicoot 2, along with a demo disc which featured a T-Rex tech demo, Hercules and Abe's Odyssey. Do you remember the T-Rex tech demo? Yeah, vaguely, yeah. yeah. All it was was a T-Rex head, and you could like do you things with it. It was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> It's like a I believe you got back. It's, a, a it's like of a box. Of course, it is. It's a box. But at the time, it was like it's Jurassic Park on my telly. <laughs> uh, my fondest gaming memory, however, was Easter Sunday in the year two thousand. My parents sat me and my brother down and gave us a present, as if chocolate eggs were not enough to make a nine-year-old happy. We opened it with glee, but were immediately heartbroken. We said, "Sorry, Mum and Dad, this is Ridge Racer Five for PlayStation Two, but we have a PlayStation One." My mum replied saying, oh dear, you better have this then, as she pulled out a PS2 from under the bed. We couldn't believe it. (laughs) We couldn't believe it. (laughs) That's an amazing story. (laughs) Uh, 40 years later, I'm now working in digital content for PlayStation in London, so I'm sure to have plenty more memories to come. So, a PS2 for an Easter present? Oh my God. Easter. You are the luckiest man alive, Elliot Rogers. But I love the delivery as well. That's cool. You've got some cool folks, Elliot. Yeah. Yeah, I love I, that I one. Think I think I used to get a fiver because I, I, I'm not particularly... Or I, although I do like chocolate now, but when I was a kid, never really used to get eggs. It was used to be a fiver from my mum, dad, and five from my grand, and that was it. Yeah. Can't buy a PS2 with them. No. I used to get an egg. <laughs> I used yeah. to get an egg, Tra- yeah. Traditional. Console. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm, I'm, I'm up in my game to, next I, year. I used to go to church, so... Yeah. I was boring. <sighs> Um, this is from Stu Gray. He said, I had a PlayStation with the component at the back, which Sony later dropped. After five years, I took my PlayStation to some bloke in Chinatown and got it chipped. He was amazed it still worked. Still works now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, obviously, he talks a lot about his other memories, but I do, you know, the whole chipping scene. Chipping thing was huge. Was, yeah. Well, I remember on, um, God, what was it? SNES. Yeah. But it was this kind of cartridge adapter. Yeah, yeah. Because that's it was, all it yeah. was was plastic bits on the SNES that stopped US from working on UK. So you either used to saw the cartridges or have ah. this adapter thing. They, um, uh, they all had adapters back in the day, didn't they? I'm sure Mega Drive had an adapter as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was all adapter-based. Uh, or um, action replays. Do you remember action replays? I do. Yeah. Kind of like memory cards that yeah, used to plug yeah. in and do kind of weird Big shit time. With. But yeah, because I was talking about the Pentrick. 
um, yeah. last right. week. And this is, that was a kind of a better. There was a guy that off. used to come around um, my cousin's house and open the boot of his car and he used to, have, he used to rent games, like hooky games. There you go. Yeah, we used to like run down the stairs when I was staying over at my cousin's house every other Thursday. You monster. And he's like, he's here, he's here, run downstairs. Go, Can we have this one, this one? And we just like run back up to his room and just play them all night. So he Brilliant. Had a, he had a dodgy PS PlayStation. Um, like no, actually, I think it was this guy just renting. Oh, it was legit. He, he did have a chip PlayStation as well, but this was actually right. legit. He was like renting them for like two pounds. I've for never a, a had day. a chipped console in my life. Mm. No, nah, me neither. I never. Feels too illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Stu also says, remember black CDs? Yeah. For PlayStation games. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love black. We, oh, I was going to say, was last week's. <laughs> we, we spoke quite a lot about black CDs. Well, too much. <laughs> you said it too often. Uh, this email is from Rob Bass, like the fish. That's what he says. So it's not Rob Base. Bass, all about the bass. Uh, my PlayStation <laughs> memory will be all about the best. <laughs> will always be finishing football on a Saturday morning, going to the local shop with my dad to buy the newest PlayStation magazine to get a free demo. Free demos were great. Free well, demos because you spent spent six quid on the magazine. I used to have like free demo discs from my Amiga that had like hundreds of games. Oh, no, on. Like, I used to play them for all they day. Were all day. It was genuinely useful, though, wasn't it? Like I, I worked on a PC mag quite a long time ago, and because Doom was a big thing, that's how Doom kind of became. It was shareware, so it went on everything. And we gave away a copy of Doom, and like a thousand different maps and skins. And out of all of them, one of them had hardcore pornography as its <laughs> kind of textures. So you'd be running around the level, and like all kinds of stuff would be happening. But I feel sorry for the poor guy whose job it was to compile that disc because you can't go and check everything. And obviously, he didn't. But yeah, it got pulled from the shelves. Like you screw, all kinds of things are happening. <laughs> That's very yeah. Well, obviously, uh, I can't remember if it was animated or not, but anyway. I yeah. told the story, didn't I, about when, when uh, my magazine, my first job, the magazine got pulled from the shelves. Why did it get pulled? Uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind came out, George Clooney's directorial debut. Yeah. And one of my colleagues, uh, he decided, he did an interview with Sam Rockwell. It was Sam Rockwell's first big role. And... He was talking to him about the training he did and the preparation, and he met with CIA assassins pretty much, who taught him how you could take someone down oh, with do yeah this. certain yes, yeah. doing certain things or with a knife the, the easiest and quickest way to kill someone. And so, as a sidebar in the magazine in that feature, Tom wrote a uh, wrote a little piece how to f someone up with a knife and with <laughs> diagrams of how to do it. And yes, Smith pulled it from the shelves, and the magazine nearly went under. There you go. He, uh, he freelances uh, for us now these days, I guess by the way, that, that guy. That's oh, when Smith's had some kind of clout on the high street. Yeah. Smith's oh. is a sad shop these days. Do you want a Tubleron? It's miserable, isn't it? Oh, Do you want a meter of Tubleron? <laughs> Do you want it? No. I go in there once a year to buy my little black diary that everyone takes the mick out of me for having. Oh. But it's the only place to sell them because no one uses them anymore. <laughs> it is a sad place, isn't it? I do, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's not lament so, oh, self-service right self at a Smiths. Oh, <laughs> and you catch yourself a reflection in the well, screen. You used to go in there to buy games. Yeah, yeah, I used to get all my Amiga games. Well, from I, I, I was actually in uh, a Smiths on Saturday because there's one in uh, the town where I live, um, <laughs> the, and there is a toy bit downstairs, but it's so oh, rubbish. Yeah. And I, because I've been trying to get this uh, Lego stuff for Scarlet, and it's uh, well, it's, it's like a, a it's, it's like a crummy newsagent that you used to go to. Yeah. Smiths would be like the, the cool stuff would be in Smiths, and then the newsagent yeah. would have all the yeah. crummy plastic yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And now it's there. But it was terribly expensive. Well, it is terribly expensive, and the selection it's is terrible. really expensive. Yeah, bad times. Oh. Uh, PlayStation memories uh, from Neil from Leicester. 
who gives a little list here. He says, trying to figure out what the hell Descent and Toshinden were all about with my underdeveloped prepubescent mind. See, I remember Toshinden. It was a bit like Tekken. Uh, Descent rings a bell, but I can't really remember that much about it. Uh, mastering Lee's moves in Tekken 2. Yep, he was my favourite character. Causing ridiculous crashes in Formula 1. Never liked Formula 1. Realising Pissing all over his memories Just say Neil you're going to get judged on each one of these now uh, Realising how utterly bad Adidas Power Soccer and Actua Golf were See Actua uh, Soccer Was quite good if I remember rightly He hasn't put Actua Soccer <laughs> No I know he hasn't I, I can't remember which one Adidas Power Soccer is mm. Don't know uh, Trying to get as far as possible in Die Hard Trilogy Die Hard Trilogy That's a good game and Did a magazine with the front, that on the front cover With the digital uh, Bruce <laughs> What's his face Bruce Willis. Couldn't remember his name, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Finished? Yep. And then finally, coming back to looping back round, uh, yeah. being fascinated by the dinosaur tech demo. I've, just, I've actually got it on YouTube. Okay. It looks pretty impressive. It's much better than I was thinking it was going to be. You know this is an audio podcast. Yeah, I know, but we can, we so can, we're we going to sit here watching a video. I'll let, it, I'll let it play How long on. does it last? It, uh, <laughs> three minutes and three no, minutes. I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll cut to the chase so you just see him looking Oh, out. yeah. It's, just like, it's actually along. pretty good. It is quite good. If I remember rightly, you could rotate the camera around it. See, yeah, that's pretty cool. Jurassic Park. Because it's probably not powering anything else. No. Pretty cool. Good. And if his, you want to watch that, you can Google it and watch it on YouTube. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, you, you can find that yourself. And next email is from Arjun. So first of all, thank you for the birthday wishes. Really made my day on the drive home for work. I guess we wished him happy birthday. We did. Uh, and they also did it on the uh, Duck Hunt um, Facebook page. Yeah. Awesome. So he says, my first home console was the PlayStation, and I'm actually young. I've got a console when he was three. Playing when he was three. Natural born gamer. That's wow. frightening. Games. So Tony realising he had no balance. Yeah, so, so uh, how old was I? Probably around 25, 26. My brother bought me a Bomberman skateboard, and I thought, I can do the skateboarding thing. <laughs> had a bit of a tumble. It's quite boring it skateboarding. Yeah. It's broke, really hard. Yeah. Broke my wrist the day after watching Back to the Future for the first time. Did you? Yep. Yeah. Did, didn't hold on to a car, held on to my mate's bike going quite slowly. Right. Didn't work. Yeah. It's a good job you like, started off with bike then and didn't go straight for car. Straight for car. I wasn't an idiot. Yeah. Well, even um, <laughs> like Scarlet stood on one in the toy shop, just straight on and went straight yeah, like that. It's just like, these are ridiculous. Designed yeah. to ban, you. ban this sick filth. Uh, video games. <laughs> skateboards, dangerous. Um, Crash Bandicoot 3. Oh. Um, is possibly the reason he loves platforms so much. Tomb Raider three as well. I remember, lo I remember locking the butler in the fridge. <laughs> I thought this is so weird. This bit is like I don't remember that from Tomb Raider. But well, games are what you make of them. Yes. Um, I remember locking the butler in the fridge and printing off guides how to get into the secret room in the attic in Lara's house, which I only remember doing once. And he's listed loads of other games, but those are the highlights. Yeah. Thank you, Arjun. Uh, Jake Harrington writes in saying, My memory is from the big old PS2. He'd play it every day when I got home from school, mostly Star Wars Battlefront 2, and he loved it and was trying to get through the story. But he didn't have a memory card. Oh. So, uh, obviously, every time we took the machine off. Uh, I can't remember how much they were, but, but it, I remember having a stack of them. But anyway, so to combat that, he would leave the console on 24 hours a day. But after a short while, the console died on him, so he lost all of his progress in his favourite game of all time. Hmm. That's not the happiest memory. <laughs> it's a memory. Even didn't say it had to be happy. I like to say, I like, Alex just said, oh, they're quite expensive. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember having a stack of them. <laughs> I just remember having a massive stack of yeah. them. It's like business cards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got one from Connor who says, uh, thinking about my best PlayStation memories, one that clearly stands out is Spyro, Year of the Dragon. Yeah, it's a game which I would certainly say is my favourite game of all time and finished to 114%. 
brackets, yes, 114% end brackets. Uh, what games have you personally explored every last crevice of? Um, well, recently, I think the game, like, because obviously, I think back in the day, like, doing 100%, like we were saying, like, if you finished a game, yep. that was the end of it. Mm. Like, there was nothing else to do. But these days, nope. you've got to do a lot more. Like, the amount of side stuff there is in Far Cry is just ridiculous. Mm. Um, but the first Assassin's Creed, I 100%ed. Um, and got like a... It's a lot of collectibles and like... Yeah. Are you doing the side stuff because it's fun or because you feel like you want to have done every bit of the game? Well, back then, um, with Assassin's Creed, I just don't think I had anything else to do. Um, <laughs> and... There are very few games that I've actually got like a thousand gamer points on Xbox 360. That was one of them. So, oh, so apart from the cheap the g- ones where you only have to play for three yeah. minutes to get them. And some games approach that stuff in a very cynical way. It's yeah. like padding where you'll zip through the story and it's like, oh, you've only done 40%. And the other 60% is like collect every single little yeah. tiny yeah. thing. Yeah. And there's not just one collectible, there's five. Yeah. So it's a feather, it's this and that. It's yeah. like, come on, you're never going to get... I can never I'm summon the bit, energy to do that. I'm a bit over Far Cry's stuff because you, you liberate a new base and you walk in there and all I want is a brand new shotgun. You've got some guy snivelling in the corner saying that his bloody mother has just been kidnapped, going to go and rescue him. It's like... Went to the last outpost and his mother had been kidnapped as well. So, mm. Jesus, you lot need to be a bit terrible better yeah. looking after your family. Well, it's all about the base. It's all about the base. 100% did Red Dead Redemption. Did you? Yeah, I did all the hunting challenges in that and everything. Yeah, so in Far Cry 3, I did all of the kind of, obviously, outpost liberation, uh, bell towers, hunting stuff. But this, like Far Cry, you've got, you know, you, you can go back and replay uh, outposts to kind of do them undetected. I'm not going to do all that. Anyway, Assassin's Creed. So, final email is from Daryl Sharp. He said, listening to Rory struggling with my email again, once just wasn't enough. One of the highlights of the year for me, nearly eclipsing me on the Jared Butler Google chat with the hard hat on. Do you remember that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I can't forget it. I was hosting. <laughs> um, thinking more about the Highlander music, and what are your thoughts about Foo Fighters, if they're interested, maybe they could do some Queen covers when they play Wembley in June next year. What's this in relation to? I've, I've missed a so few podcasts. So, so it's Highlander. Okay. Yeah. Rory couldn't say McLeod. Okay. He, he said McLeod. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then we were talking about which bands, because uh, obviously there's a Highlander remake coming. Yeah. Which band would we like to see uh, doing the um, tunes for you? Well, well, interestingly, <laughs> uh, like two years ago, I interviewed the director who was going to be doing it. Yeah. And he said he would use Queen songs. Uh, but he's no longer directing it, so that might mm. that, that might change Ooh. now. Muse. Uh, Muse. So Muse was the one that we said back then. Yeah. Ah. They're always the band that well, you roll well, out well, for doing things. They're epic, aren't yeah. they? But well, they're also a little bit rubbish these days. But also, Queen, they do the, the, gigs the, with that guy from Free, Paul, what's he called? Don't know. And they also do gigs with that young... that um. That guy that won like America's Got Talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out came out not long ago. He's got an amazing voice. Yeah, like uh, Adam Adam something or other. Adam West. No, oh, I don't know. Adam. We don't know the names of either of them. But anyway, <laughs> not <laughs> Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Adam D- Adam Dr- Divine Adam. Stop it. Um, so yeah, they could do they could do it. They f- Queen could do. Is it. Is it the same impact? No. If, if you you want Freddie, you do. They could write, what about Queen writing new songs though, getting Brian May to write some new tunes? I don't really know how much was the writing setup of Queen. It was a combination of Freddie yeah, I mean, and I Brian mean, May, wasn't it? Certainly, I think Brian May wrote Who Wants to Live Forever and I think he wrote Flash as well, obviously a different film. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he wrote them himself. Lyrics right. as well. 
I'm not I sure. always thought of Freddie as the as the lyricist, lyric, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm, We're talking about a lot of stuff we don't, don't know anything much about. about. Foo Fighters. <laughs> There you go. I hope Foo Fighters playing Queen songs at Wembley in the summer. Yeah, Foo Fighters sounds good. Yeah, perfect. What's out this week, Al? Uh, Out this week, Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. 8.1? Did we give it? We we gave it, um, I believe so. 8.1. So Luke played at uh, Gamescom and said it's a Lara Lara fan. (laughs) He says everything. He loves it. 8.1 8.1 Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris is an excellent action puzzler adventure whether you play solo or in co-op mm. that's our summary of the, of the game yeah so I th- I, 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 if I remember rightly like the co-op is obviously you're supposed to play it yeah. helping each other it's out couch. but half the fun is just like you know dicking your mates over so. yeah also, the Talos Principle I Ta- don't actually know what that is Talos Principle is a PC game it's kind of a Quite a heavy, heady philosophical puzzle game on PC. Yep. Um, we gave it 8.3, saying it's great, saying it, it, it includes excellent puzzles and heady philosophy, but stumbles with the two intersect. Mm-hmm. Puzzles, basically, the story stuff and the puzzles don't really make much sense together. But right. taken separately, great. Nice. Uh, movies? Adam Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> Is he out this week? <laughs> no, he came out a while ago. And Paul Rogers. Good. Uh, yes, I refer you to last week's podcast. So the, de- uh, the devil, <laughs> not the devil, the Hobbit, the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies <laughs> the is out. This, I don't know. I'm not with it today. Right. Uh, Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies is out this week. So that um, was your recommendation to go and watch last week, even though it wasn't out. Yeah, and Padding- I also recommended Paddington last week, which wasn't out last week. Good week before. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, has anyone else around this table seen it at this point? You've seen it, haven't you? Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it? Sorry, sorry with me. Can <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about it? Because I talked about it last week. So I, not an original observation, but that book did not need to be three movies. Right. And I think more than anything, not as it spread, it spread thin because there's a lot of stuff to do and cover and make into things. I just think dramatically the beats are all off. Mm. To open this film with your big dramatic moment from the end of the last film which is smoke heading yep. towards Lake Town. And that is your prologue. It just feels wasted. It's yeah, this yeah. great cinematic moment. And the kind of the weightiness of that stuff comes too early in the movie. You're not kind of like settled in and not eased into the movie yet. Yeah. So you're having these like big, like, you know, moments. And know. it's kind of a bit squandered. I just, like, how can you shoot six films about Lord of the Rings and still not have Tom Bombadil in it? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Oh. Never going to make it. Well, into that's that gives Peter Jackson room to return for another trilogy. Good, I the Bombadil wait. trilogy. I cannot wait for that <laughs> offshoot. My uh, God, how many years have you been making that joke on this podcast? I'm going to keep on rolling it out. <laughs> you never uh, know. It might make it into the extended editions. Yeah, it might not. I think I gave it seven point <laughs> five, but I don't know. It's 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 an um, uh, incredible spectacle. Mm. But I felt like I'd seen it all before. Yeah. You know, an hour long battle, they've done that. And, and the, done the, really fights, well. the fights have to like outdo the last fight. Yeah, of course. So they become more and more elaborate. Yeah. Like it goes on for a bit longer, a bit longer, more crazy stuff happens. And it's qu- we no, might be but, being too negative here, but I just feel like we're just a bit tired of it mm. at this point. But I, I've definitely got like like combat fatigue. Like yeah. the, the idea of seeing big battles is like, okay, I get it. Um, because so many films do that. It's days. not a bad film, but I think when I put all these Lord of the Rings films, if I was going to rank them, I think the three Hobbit films would be the bottom three, and this might be my least favourite. 
I thought you were going to do five, four, three, two, one. No. I can't do that with my fingers. <laughs> no. But this trilogy, I don't think any of them has been as good as the no. original no. trilogy. And this one, mm, it's just average. And that's it for Ooh. this week's <sighs> podcast. Um, uh, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, we are coming up to the end of 2014. So I think we've got three more podcasts to do. We've got a lot to record. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing a couple of specials on you know best of 2014, looking ahead to what's happening next year. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, um, maybe maybe start writing in your favourite yeah. shows, games. What, what you're looking forward to as Movies, well absolutely. Yeah, all uh, that. So until next time, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheerio, duck hunt. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.